Are you glad you came now? Don't fall asleep. Back in February, Titus, the second one there, he and I were headed to Kenya. Roughly 1,200 pastors and leaders are about to gather together for a pastor's conference. I have prayed, I have fasted, it is the will of God to be there. They have prayed, they have fasted, it is the will of God. Are you hearing me? It is the will of God for me to be over there. We are not sick. We are not feeling anything. We go to get our COVID test because at the time you had to have your COVID test to get on the airplane to fly to get into Kenya. We both failed our COVID test. Both of us. I had more Christians come and tell me God blocked it. This is where the stick come from. Come closer. How's that kneecap doing? God did it. Let me bust you upside the kneecap because God did it. Did you hear what I just said? Do you know how many of us, we live our life, well, it's just an attack of the devil. Well, sometimes it is, and sometimes it is God. Sometimes God does withhold you. Go read the Apostle Paul. He said, the Spirit of God did not allow me to go, but he was listening to the Spirit. And then there's other times, several occasions where he says, the enemy withstood me. And then he talks about Apollos, and Apollos says, I don't feel like it's the right timing to go yet, so I'm not going. See, there's three things involved there. There's you, there's, there's God, and there's the devil. But somewhere in there, there's got to be that same scripture that says we prayed and fasted and sought the Lord, and we thought it was a good idea from the Holy Ghost. So we went. We thought it was a good idea from the Holy Ghost. But you know how many people, they want to act like, well, just because it was a bad thing, God did it. God kept you. No, listen to me. We had prayed. We had fasted. We had sought the Lord. We had done our level duty to follow the Spirit of God. It was the will of God to be there, but we were withstood. Well, brother, you know God's going to make all things work together. You're right, but we just lost $25,000 because the conference has still got to go on even though I'm not there. $25,000. Lord Jesus, try housing 1,200 people all week and feeding them all week because if you feed them just bread and chai, that's 1,200 pieces of bread. Try feeding that many people, housing that many people, bringing that many people, and putting them back home. It costs. It does. But understand this right here. I do, I'm asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. How many of you know how it feels to get kicked in the teeth sometimes? It's not always the devil. It's not always God. Oh, are you saying the will of God? I'm saying there's a lot of things that happened that was not the perfect will of God. 
Is God in control? Yes, he is. Ultimately, he is in control. But I'm telling you right now, you have made decisions in your life that was not by the will of God. Are you here tonight? Well, we don't like to admit that sometimes. And some of us, because of the decisions that we've made, our families have been affected, our, our finances are affected, all sorts of things. And if you would back up a few years ago, before you took that opportunity, you felt a check in your spirit, but you know they're, they're good people. They, you know, they go to church and, and, they, and you start reasoning all the reasons why you should. When the Holy Ghost inside of you is going, don't do it. I'm going to watch over if you do because I love you, but that's not my perfect will over your life. Even right now, do you realize the enemy is plotting over you? Well, the devil. The devil don't even know most of your names. Yes, I'm, I'm an intercessor. Do you know how many people out there that are barefooted, that don't even own a pair of shoes, pray five times more than you do and touch heaven a whole lot more than you do? Well, but we don't compare. I'm, what all I'm trying to tell you is, on the attack of the devil's list, how high up are you? The devil himself, I'm saying, I'm not saying demons and all of his little imps. I'm talking about the devil himself. Most of us, the devil don't even know you exist. Oh, man, you should feel the offense in the room. Whee! You know how I know? Because you can't even control your finger on where it takes you on your smart device. You think the devil's got to lay a trap for you? The trap's out there, and you fall into it when you punch the power button and slide it on, and here we go. On your finances, on how, how you even pay the IRS, all the things of life. Where's the integrity and the character in the church? Where's the men of God and the women of God who would say, I am not going the route of Balaam, I'm going the route of Jesus? What, what route am I talking about? I'm talking about by faith. He says right here, I'm asking that God would you fill you with all of his knowledge in all of his wisdom and spiritual understanding, verse 10, that you may walk worthy of what? I'm asking you right now, are you walking worthy of the name that you claim? Are you walking worthy of the name of the lamb that was slain? I'm talking about the one who gave his very breath for you. Are you walking worthy of his name? How many of us bring shame to the name of Jesus on a weekly basis? Out there in the world, how we drove today, how we reacted to people. Are we bringing honor and, and walking worthy of the name of Jesus? being fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Church, I'm telling you right now, there's so much out there that's false. Hebrews 11:6. Would you mind pulling that one up there? Hebrews 11:6. What does it say? We know this verse. But without what? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For we must what? First believe that he is and what? 
He's a rewarder of those who do what? Diligently seek him. We love this verse. Back up to verse 1. Now faith is. When is faith? But what is faith? See, this is a subject we often quote and talk about, but we very little understand. What is faith? Faith, now faith is what? The substance. It's the reality of what you've been praying for and believing for. You're pulling it into existence. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. But if you keep reading in Hebrews 11, that without faith it is impossible to please God, okay, but if you keep reading all these people of Moses, and he talks of Abram and and, and all these people, everything they did in their life was a proof of faith. Now, if I ask you in this room, are we people of faith? Oh, absolutely, we're people of faith. Well, first, you must believe that he is. Because without faith, it is impossible. Correct? That's scripture. Now, faith is the evidence. Because, see, James told us, faith without, now, let's get something straight. We are not saved by works. We are saved by grace through faith, that not of itself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's the word of God. So let's lay the foundation right there. We are not saved through works. We are saved by the grace of God, right or wrong. But it is your works that show that something changed inside of you. It's your works that are showing the evidence of the faith that you say you have in Jesus. If you say I have faith in Jesus, Jesus said, if you follow me, what's going to happen? These signs shall follow those who believe. What is another word for believing? Having faith in something. In Matthew 10, 7, what did he say? He said, as you go, what are you going to do? You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely you're going to give it, right? But you cannot give away what you don't possess. Okay? But let's understand something right now. We claim to be people of faith. Then if people of faith are people of action, and people of action have results. But why is it that the church waits on the pastor? The church as a whole, they wait on the evangelist. They wait on that missionary. They wait on that person that's coming through that operates in healing, that operates in gifts, and they're waiting on something to happen when we have what we need already in this building. You don't need outside influence. You have everything. You know how many gifts are in this room right here? Oh, I agree. I do too. But you know how many of us have not learned how to use them? Because we, the church, have killed each other over it. If we can't operate in a gift, somebody has a gift of, of a word of knowledge or, or, or a gift of you know, word of wisdom or something, and they speak it and they miss it, we, the church, crucify them. If we can't learn how to operate in here, where can we learn? I would rather you miss it in here than out there at the gas pump. 
Because those people don't know better. You're telling them, I believe God's saying, say, saying, you know, you, 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 you need to do this or that and the other. And they go, I've never even, you know, I don't even know. I've never done anything like that. I don't know what you're talking about. You missed it. But in here, we know each other. And forgiveness is not something we often give very much of to each other. You let somebody come in here that's part of our group right here, part of this church, and, and they give a word, they do something that's, that's a little off, and all of a sudden, you better watch that person, brother. If I can't learn how to operate in my gifting and with you, where can I? This should be the safest place to learning how to develop our gifts. Because Paul said, by reason of use. You got to use your gift. Because a gift that you're not using, just like playing piano, playing guitar. I play these instruments, most of these instruments. I don't play the saxophone. I tried, and man, all I got was a noise out of that thing. I was in Bible school at Christ for the Nations, and I shoved a pillow into that saxophone, and everybody was beating on my door going, hush. It's terrible, it was. I went back to the guitar. That's not my gifting. It's his. It is a gift, but it's also because he worked. I want to play the piano one day. One day I'm going to play the piano. One day I'm going to, not if you don't get a piano and sit at a piano, you're not going to play the piano. What you want is God to gift you, and he has, but most of us, that's not how you're going to get it. How you're going to get it is you go, and you go to the piano, you go to the keyboard, and you learn where middle C is, and you sit here, and you learn, and you learn, and you spend hours right here. Are you hearing me? Well, I'm going to, but there are things I'm going to do for Jesus one day, not if you don't start today. Well, I'm going to preach, man, not if you don't learn how to clean toilets first. We don't need you if you don't know how to serve. If you don't know how to vacuum carpet, don't stand here and preach. If you don't know how to come in here and straighten up chairs and do the, the workings that need to be done, this is the fun part. The work happens outside of the service. Are y'all here, church? You want to be great in the kingdom? Who's the greatest in the kingdom? The servant of all. It doesn't say the apostles the greatest in the kingdom. It doesn't say the man who has angelic encounters every day is the greatest in the kingdom. No, what it says is the servant is the greatest of all. And Paul says... Understanding be upon you. He, he quoted it out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 there, that the eyes of your understanding may be opened. And then the writer of Hebrews is telling us, it's by faith that you're about to show the world what God has done in your life. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that I have not yet seen. So I pulled it by faith. I began to believe God. I began to work. But see, that's a word that most of us don't like to hear called work. Paul also said, a man that does not shall not. Uh-huh. We're just going to mention that and move on here. You don't want to work? In the natural, 
to feed your family, my Bible says you're worse than an infidel. You don't want to work in the things of God and the things of the Spirit, then you're never going to come into maturity. It doesn't happen just by praying and by sitting at an altar, begging God and crying out to God and asking God for something and God to supernaturally do something. No, he supernaturally gave you the ability to go get it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live like Brother Jackson. I'm going to live by faith because that is how I live. I pray and I go check the mailbox. If it's not in the mailbox, we don't eat. That is literally how we live. But it didn't start that way. It started with me laying asphalt and concrete, putting up forms and doing the thing and learning how to grow in faith and how to believe God for something small and calling it in and believing God and it came and you begin to grow in faith and you begin to grow in faith and you begin to grow in faith so that one day you're believing for the thousands upon thousands to feed people, to buy land, to build an orphanage, to do all these things that we're doing. But it didn't start this way. It started way back here. Now, I'm going to challenge the parents right here. You, th you think your child has a call of God on their life? Then it's on you to get them ready. My mama and my daddy saw something on me. I'd be pushing my little trucks, listening to missionary stories in their houses, and, and you would ask me, what you going to do? I either had two answers for you. I'm either going to fly airplanes or I'm going to preach the gospel. Well, the day came where I came of age and I was about to graduate high school. We went to Colorado Springs. We toured the whole thing up there. I had to make a decision. I went with Jesus. Well, you can be a chaplain. I could have, but that wasn't the will of God for my life. But way back over here when I was a little bitty fella, my mama decided if you're going to be a preacher, then you're going to be a preacher. Let's get the word of God. Y'all know these fall festivals? I'm not talking about Church of Wien. I'm talking about a real fall festival. November fall festival. Yeah, I said it, Church of Wien. I sure did. I will not celebrate a demon. You can get mad at me if you want to. But I will not, shall not celebrate a demon. I will not celebrate a night when witches can dress up and do what they want to do in public and nobody says anything. Will not do it. Fall festival, though. Y'all been to those where you put the, you know, the stick behind the curtain and got the little clothespin on it, you know, and it comes out with a grab bag. Y'all know, y'all remember those days, right? Or the bobbin apples and all. Y'all remember those days? Y'all remember those days. Well, they messed up, you know, because you had to pay money to get these little tickets, and these little tickets is what lets you pay these, you know, play these games. Well, they had a booth over there that every scripture you could quote, they'd give you a free ticket. I looked at all my friends and said, don't spend any money. I'll be back. Y'all, we played for hours and didn't spend the first dollar. Because when by the time I was 12 years old, I could quote you over 200 scriptures. My mama made me learn the word of God. Parents, daddy, train up your children. Not your Sunday school teacher, not your pastor. That's my job. That's my job. 
love your wife. It doesn't matter how many children she's had and how her body changes and all the things. This is my wife, and I love her. To me, she's the only woman on the face of the earth. Are you hearing me? It's my job to train up my children who are now 22 down to 17 and another bonus child who, who, who we love and adore, and it's my job to be daddy to train them for what's coming. So when they were small, I took them actually to my mother who taught them piano. All four of them can play the piano. I told them, I said, I will help you learn whatever instrument but you're going to learn the piano first because in most worship circles, most worship is based off the piano. So now Titus plays the bass. Judah plays the guitar. Gracie plays the drums. Because we made a purpose. If you're going to be in ministry, if you're going to be in church and you're going to lead, you've you got to know how and I have to be responsible for equipping you. So therefore, you're going to work at this. So we homeschooled, but our homeschool started at 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 in the morning, they're up. We're going to do our PE. You're working out for at least 30 minutes. And then you're going to do your piano or whatever for X amount of minutes, depending on what their age was. Are you hearing me? We had to work at it. So when we went to churches, when a demon would begin to manifest, I would take my sons, I would take my daughters with me. Now let's go cast this thing out. Let me show you how to do this. I'm training them. Are you hearing me? It's my job to train up my children. It's my job, not because I'm a minister, but because I'm a daddy. It's my place it's my place to teach them how to work so every summer we're in the cornfield titus and i who about got us this year because everybody else you know they all grow up and they leave and they left us with this massive cornfield out there and it all came ready when we weren't expecting it i called my dad i said daddy how close is it? oh we got x amount of time he called me the next morning He's like, well, we really need to get out there. You done waited till the sun's up, Daddy. It's hot. So here we go to the cornfield. We take our wheelbars, and here we go. We're, we're serving Jesus. We're doing Jesus out in the cornfield. We're out in the Holy Ghost in the cornfield. We're being Jesus. We're singing. We're worshiping God, but we're working. Yeah, it was a bad day. It was a hard day. And then you come home from picking the corn, pulling the corn, and then you got to start putting it up. So we chopped the hens, and here we go to shucking. And, and now it's just me and her, and now here we are. And, and as soon as the first dishpan is full, daddy's inside. Here I go cutting it off the cob. We like it cream style, so that's what we do. 200 ears, here we go. Are y'all hearing me? But yet somebody else is at the altar going, God, I need food in my freezer. I got food in my freezer because I worked. Healing the sick, casting out devils. Let's go. I got you. Let's do this because I worked for it. But it's a free gift. It is. But it's something you have to learn how to do.
Jesus I know. Paul I know of. But who are you? Well, I have faith and I have. Yeah, but you never learn how to operate in it. Yeah, but I, you know, I can give a, I can, I can do and man, man, I get all kinds. Yeah, but there's more than to operate in than you're operating in. It's time to grow up and to come into maturity in your giftings. Yeah, well, you know, you, you, you know, brother, I have a gift of discernment. Most of us just have a gift of criticism. Because if you don't like the way they look, oh, there's something wrong with that brother. He just, you know, I mean, he, he just better watch out for, that's how we do. Do you know how many of us have been tricked by men of God? Because you know what? You start following their signs and wonders instead of the Spirit of God, and guess what? You're going to fall in the ditch. You do not follow signs and wonders. You follow the Spirit. If the Spirit is not bearing witness with Spirit, you don't go. If the peace of God is not on it, you don't step. Well, how you know the, the Spirit of God, how you know what the demon, and how you know it's you? Jesus will speak to you by his Spirit in your inward being right here. Most of the time, it is not through an audible voice. Not saying he won't, but I'm saying most of the time, it is not in an audible voice. It's an inward knowing. It's an inward leading. It's an inward voice inside of you. It's a still small voice, and it's followed by peace. If you're going to do something and you don't have peace about it, you don't move. Right or wrong, Pastor? You don't step. Because he is peace and everything about him is peace. And when he speaks, there's peace upon it, even if he's leading you into a terrible situation. There's peace on it. I have been in some most terrible places and they're hunting you like an animal and you're hiding and you're doing and you're preaching underground churches and you're in these nations and, and all these things and, and, and you're there because it's the will of God. And your wife, it, your people ask, you know, is, is you get scared, do you get, like when our kids were younger, I'm telling you, it was a terrible day when you go to the airport because they're crying because they know there is a chance one of these days daddy is not coming home. And I have said this so many times, but, but all you women, you have, you have a particular smell about your, your top of your head because all your hair products that you use. All of you use different hair products, and there you got a particular smell up there right here. And you go to leave, and you pull your wife in, and you kiss her by for the last time. And you put your nose right there because she fits right there. I'm holding her. And you go through security, and you look one last time, and she knows and you know one of these days. But we decided years ago, by life or by death, we preach the gospel. We be the gospel. So your daughter goes to the Amazon without you, goes into Colombia, into Peru, into the Brazil, goes into Haiti, goes into these places without you because God called her to go. 
Are you scared? Not if she's in the will of God. Well, brother, this just irritates me. Brother, you know, I, you know you're going to come back because God's not going to allow anything bad to happen. Tell that to the 100,000 martyrs this year. Tell that to their mamas. Somebody's got to pay the price. The reality is you trained them for years to go die for Jesus. And you agree with me as long as it's my children and not yours. Well, brother, you know the will of God. I do know the will of God. There was a man named John the Baptist who lived his whole ministry for one day. It all came down to one day. The great, some of the greatest words a man has ever uttered. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he baptized Jesus on that day so that they would fulfill all righteousness. It's what the Bible says. And when I believe what was happening was the last old covenant prophet was passing off to the new covenant prophet. The last old covenant prophet being John. When he baptized Jesus, there was a transference. There was something that happened, and John's ministry was almost over. Scholars will tell you his, his whole ministry lasted about six months. And then his head rolled. Was he in the will of God? Absolutely he was. It was for a purpose. And God said, come home, son. Jesus, God in the flesh, how long did he live? Roughly 33 years. Did he die in the will of God? Okay, let me ask you, did he get risen up from the grave in the will of God? Then he first had to die in the will of God. Sometimes it's the will of God. Sometimes it's the devil, and sometimes you made a bad choice. And you're expecting God to redeem your bad choice. I got news for you, he will, but don't do it again. God, I'm in a, I'm in a financial bind, Jesus, I need, I need, yeah, and how many months ago did you say the same thing and he bailed you out? You need to learn how to handle your finances. It's really as simple as that. Well, the devil, you, no, the devil didn't make you go buy that snicker bar. The devil didn't make you go buy that new car. Well, you know, I just believed it was God's will and to get into debt. And old man something, and when he said, old man, no, no, nothing. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just saying. God don't change. He's got a way out and he's got a way of escape. But listen to me. You've got to be led by the Spirit. And it's time to grow up in the things of God. It's time to mature in our faith. Look at Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. It's talking about Stephen here in just a second. And the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. What were they obedient to? Faith. What are you going to be obedient to? Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you're going to please God? 
Young people, you going to live your life to please God? Then you got to do it by faith. So at the end of it all, you look back and you say, look at what God did. Now let me go ahead and offend a bunch of you right here, and you can go ahead and tell all your friends and neighbors and, and relatives what Brother Jason said. But don't listen to me. You're going to say you live by faith, and you live by faith and get off Facebook. You're going to send out all your letters telling everybody all your problems and what we need, and we need a new van for the ministry, and we need a new truck for the ministry, and we need all this. And you, you fleece on people, and you do modern-day sorcery and witchcraft, and you get people to buy into your, 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 your program and, and partner with us. You can take your money and perish. Either God is big enough to do what he says he can do or he's not. If God is not God and he's not going to provide for my family, then I'm going to go serve somebody else. But don't you come at me in six months and, and send a picture of what, look what God bought us. No, God didn't do that. You did. You worked to people. They teach classes now in some Bible schools of how to raise their money, how to do their money. And in most of those, there's very little about prayer and fasting and seeking God. We're raising up a generation that only knows how to make it with you giving to me. We don't know how to pray the ravens in and pray the, the money in, pray the food in. We don't know how to live that way hardly anymore. The old school way of preaching and doing is dying. And I'm telling you, we got to get back to faith because without faith, it is impossible. Well, I did, you know, you know, Brother Jason, you just need to calm down. No, let me ask you, today did you make Jesus happy? Did you show some faith somewhere? Did you do something by faith? Did you step out into something you can't do? Because the moment you can do it, faith is not involved. Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this. Okay, you need to keep giving till you're out of your realm and out of your league so that now that faith is involved in your giving. My brother was talking about in the morning, tithes and offerings. If you're not walking in the will of God and not giving your tithe unto the Lord, there's no way you can walk in faith and do what I'm talking about. Now understand me right now. I am not after your money. You can put it back in your pocket. I don't care. Jesus will provide for me with or without you. That much I do know. But you know this. Do not give to me and my family if you're not giving your tithe unto the Lord. Do not do it. Because I'm not taking what belongs to God. You cannot be blessed. In fact, if you're not giving what belongs to him, the blessings of the Lord is removed off of your life. And if you'll read those same verses in Malachi chapter 3, where he says if you'll give unto him, he's going to open the windows of heaven, and he's going to pour it out on you, and then he goes into saying he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So that which is trying to destroy you, God will rebuke it. You know that, that so many Christians tell me the devil's after me. My first question is, are you giving unto God what belongs to God? Because if you're not, the devil has open season on you. Same way up where I live, deer season opened today. Rifle season opened. Those deer were in trouble this morning. 
Those four-wheelers and side-by-sides were running through the woods, and they probably knew, watch out, because it happens every year. Listen to me, you better watch out if you're not giving unto the Lord what belongs to the Lord. Oh, brother, you need to pray for me. I am not praying for you if you're not in right standing with Jesus. Why? Why am I going to intercede for you before the throne of God when the Father is, has pulled his blessing off of your life? When I go to church, you know, and I, 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 I do, and I do. Good for you. Well, you know, I believe so does the devil. And he trembles over it. He doesn't get all prideful and cocky going, I believe. I believe, you know, I believe we're going to see God do in this city. Not if we don't repent and fall on our face and get right with God. Brother, I have been to Kenya now 18 times. Ghana just this first time. The day I get through preaching, it's going to rain. Every time. I've been in the middle of a drought. There's no cloud in the sky. This actually happened in February. Titus was there. We finished that Sunday afternoon. I still had a week of doing other services, but we finished that, that meeting because we finally did get back over there in, Ken in Kenya in February. But we were there, and I told those people, I got in the car with the main pastor. I said, Brother Philip, it's fixing to rain. There is no cloud anywhere. Two hours, the bottom falls out. It's going to rain. If my people who are called by my name will do what? Pray, seek my face, turn. So when people of God start repenting, God starts healing. When the people of God start repenting, God starts healing. The land and bodies. All of a sudden, spiritual things begin to break through. Things you've been trying to kick on doors for for years begin to open for you. Things in the natural, things in the spirit land becomes blessed because the blessings of God come over things. When we're in right standing with him and we're in cooperation with the Holy Ghost and we're in tune with the Spirit of God, the rains will come. It happens every year because we repent, we cry out, the rain's going to happen. We were in Ghana while we were both wondering, is this going to happen? It happened. Got through preaching, boom, here comes the rain. Because in their cultures, rain is a sign from heaven that what that man just said is true. In fact, there's cultures out there that if it doesn't rain on your wedding day, your wedding, your marriage is not blessed. Saying how they believe. And you know what? When he was talking about God speaking to you, God will speak to you in a way that you get it. Hear me? I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm crying out, and I'm trying to hear, and I just can't hear from heaven. Why don't you hush? Some of us need to learn how to stop talking and learn how to listen. All right, let me say it right here. Some of us need to learn how to stop talking, because see, we get offended over this, and learn how to listen. But, 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 hush. 
Be still and know that he is God. See, it's time for the church to grow up. Verse 8, Acts chapter 6, verse 8. And Stephen. Y'all know who Stephen is? The very next chapter, what happens to him? He's martyred. Right? He was martyred. Why? Because he was a man full of faith and power. What's that next word in that verse? Did. Well, I got faith. Not if you're not doing. Faith without is dead faith. Oh, I got faith. Yeah, it's dead. It stinks too, just like your flesh. He quoted it earlier, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's time to get back on the altar. God loves the smell of burning flesh. And I'm not talking about from natural burning flesh. I'm talking about your spirit, man, given over to Jesus and your pride and your arrogance and your debauchery before heaven being burned up before him and given as an offering unto him. God, here am I, everything that is not of me. God, I submit it to your lordship. I submit to heaven. I submit my family to you. God, we ask you to move in our family. We ask you to move, God, in our marriage, in our relationships with others. God, be the Lord and master of our lives, period. Jesus is king. The devil is a liar, and that's all that matters. God didn't call me to be somebody else. He called me to be Jason. He didn't call my daughter to be Misty Edwards or anybody else from, from uh, Upper Room or Elevation Worship or any of those other worship places. God called her to be Abella, to worship in her style. He called him to be Titus, to worship in his style, to be Judah, to be a worshiper of praise in his style. Are you hearing me? Don't be somebody else. You let the anointing of God come out of your mouth and you open your mouth and let the praise of God come out of you. Let it well up from inside of you that the Holy Ghost that's in you come out of your mouth. And let's be amazed at what God can do. But by reason of use, we have to learn how to operate in faith. We gotta learn how to operate in so that our life is just like those people of Hebrews 11 who showed what God had done by their actions of what they do that they did they showed they had faith in a God that was full of life brother people tell me all the time you got a whole lot of faith no you got a gift of faith i don't think so what i got is a little bit of faith in a whole big god because with a little bit of faith god can move mountains And again, earlier I was saying about some people, you know, I have a gift of discernment, I have a this, I have a that. I have a the Holy Ghost. I have a the Holy Ghost who has all that I need. And not every day do you operate in all of it, but there's days that you operate in more than you operated in yesterday. And 
Do you know how it works? One day we show up here and God's using him with the word and God's using her with an interpretation. And the next week that God may not even use either one of them in anything. Next, it may be a, a kid, young person back there, a young person over here, or somebody back over here. Our God may not do anything that we are looking for. You got to come in here with expectation. God be God. Just move on my life. If you can do anything, use me for your glory. However that is, God, I am willing to vacuum these carpets. I am willing to clean toilets, God. I am willing to serve. I will go blow the concrete outside on the asphalt, God. I am willing to do whatever you want me to do. Here am I. Use me for your glory. Stephen. Man full of faith and power. He did great wonders and signs among the people. He got him killed too. Did you hear what I just said? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you better be careful before you grab a hold of a plow. Man, I want to have angelic encounters. And God, I just want to see what's in your throne. No, what you want to do is sit in the throne room and not go out there and work. I'm all about having experiences. I'm all about being in the presence of God. I'm all in on it. But I'm also all in on going out into the field. Pray ye therefore, Matthew chapter 9, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to raise up laborers in the field of harvest. Chapter 10, verse 1. And Jesus called the disciples unto him and sent them out. They became the very answer to their own prayer. And church, I'm telling you, it's time for the church to be full of faith and power and do something outside of these walls. Well, brother, you know, I'm serving, I'm doing. Okay, 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 stop, stop, stop. How much serving and you doing are you doing outside of this property? Well, I'm teaching and I'm, I'm, okay, I'm all in on it. It has its place, it has its time. It's very much needed. We need leaders, we need, we need men and women of God to teach, we do. But you also, what are you doing outside of this property? Because that's where the world is. It's out there. This is a place for instruction, for discipline, for correction, for insight, revelation, for us, the body of Christ, to go out there and do. In fact, the Holy Ghost was given for what purpose? To go be a witness. Not to just have wonderful times of Holy Ghost experience, and I am all in because he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. I'm all in on this stuff. Forth from him are all things. And to him are all things. To you deserve the glory. I'm all in on worship. I'm all in. I, I want to feel I, the presence of God is overwhelming. The manifestation of his glory in this place. But we're encouraged so we can go out there and do it. But why is the body of Christ as a whole in America living from conference to conference, from Sunday to Sunday? And I'm telling you, 
It is time to grow in faith and do something for Jesus. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Acts chapter 16, verse 5. The churches were what? Strengthened in faith. And what happened when they were strengthened in the faith? They increased. We pay, <laughs> it's ridiculous. We pay these groups to come into our region to give us the demographics to know which area to go into so we can get numbers and grow people and do all these things. We have forgotten the old school way of the Bible. Fall on your face, cry out to God, repent, and let's watch what God will do. When's the last time we had an all-night prayer meeting where we learned how to weep between the porch and the altar? When's the last time we learned how to linger in presence? When's the last, last time we learned how, like earlier, you were worthy of it all and you could feel there was a tangible in the room? If you had any spiritual awareness about you, you could feel it. And most of us, that's where we stop. But God is wanting to bring another wave. But most of us don't know how to linger in presence long enough for that second wave to hit. That third wave to hit. Because God will keep coming as long as your heart is seeking him. And we're, we're all in on Jesus. I understand the flesh gets tired and sometimes we got to sleep. But again, we've lost the scriptures of the joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't think this week I've slept past 3 o'clock. Because when I tell the Holy Ghost, when you get ready for me, you wake me up. Because I love the Spirit of God with every fiber of my being. I love God this presence of God more than I love my wife. More than I love my children. But I love my wife more than I love anything else outside of the presence of God. I love my children after I love my wife and the Spirit of God. If it's any other way, my house is out of order. And we have marriages out of order. And we're trying to operate in things, but my home is out of order. And this is not a popular topic, but husbands, you're supposed to be leading your wife and loving your wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself for the church is the same way I give myself for my wife. And the wife is supposed to honor her husband. Even the same way Sarah called Abraham her master, her Lord, depending on what version you're reading. And children, as long as they're in my house, are submitted to the parents. They do not run my house. I, we do. Y'all hearing me tonight? 
You want to be people of faith? Then you got to get in order of the Bible and walk as faith in the Bible. The Bible says of Abraham that he knew that he would train up his children in the ways of Jehovah. And I come right back to it. It's my place to raise up my children. It's my place to teach them how to operate in the things of the Spirit. It's my place to teach them how it is for men to pray, for women to pray. My wife teaches my daughters how, it, how a woman of God should dress and carry herself. How a man of God should dress and carry himself. When he was in Bible school, it didn't matter what the, what the, uh, the standards of the school was. I told him, this is how you're going to dress. You're not wearing sweatpants to class, son. You're going to dress and you're going to wear these shirts and you're going to wear sports coats and you're going to do these things because that's how a man of God carries himself. The standard has not fallen. We have fallen. The standard has not fallen. We did. It's time to get back up to the standard of the Word of God. Zephaniah 1.12, not 7. I gave you the wrong verse. Zephaniah 1.12, that's on me. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are settled in complacency, who say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. I want you to look at that middle part of that verse. Who's he coming after in that verse? Well, before he's talking about those who were serving Balaam and all, uh, Baal and all the things, okay? But this verse right here, who's he going to punish? Those who have become complacent. Church, if you're not on fire for Jesus, you've become complacent. If you're not excited about presence of God, then you've become complacent. I'm not saying you've got to run out there and tell everybody you meet about Jesus, but I am telling you this, you will have divine appointments if you'll listen to the Holy Ghost. You will have those divine encounters if you will listen to the Spirit of God because God is wanting to do something amazing in your life and it's time to stop saying God did everything and the devil did everything. It's time for us to take responsibility for what we've done and start following the will of God and being in the will of God and doing the will of God and watching what God will do through our lives. I had a missionary, he's passed over to, to, to the presence of God but now. And, and he used to say, he said, you could do amazing things and have an amazing story if you can just live long enough. Because every day you be in the will of God. I had a guy several years ago, well, about four or five years ago, he called me, he said, Brother Jason, he said, you are in Africa. You're doing these things. How do I get there? How do I get? Because I have a heart and I want to live and, and I want to do and I want to go to this nation and I want to live there with my wife. How do I get there? You know what I told him? I said, Curtis, are you in the will of God today? Well, I believe I am. I said, then be in the will of God. And tomorrow when you wake up, be in the will of God. 
And one day you're going to wake up and be in that nation in the will of God. You know where he's at right now? He's in Tanzania as a missionary in the will of God. Because the vision and the purposes that you believe God has given you is greater than you. And I'm telling you right now, only God can do those things. You've got to be in the will of God today. You've got to be in the will of God tomorrow. And one day you'll wake up and be in that place and in that dream and in that vision that you had years ago in the will of God. The, the pastors that are in this room, the missionaries that are in this room, the young people that are called to nations in this room, the worshipers, the, the worship leaders, the things that are growing inside of you, the things that, that we're feeling even coming off the platform, the things that are in this room, they're there because God put them there, but he's also on you to work and to nurture that thing and to grow in it and be in the will of God. Prepare yourself for action and so that when the day comes, you're ready. One of my professors, he told me, he said, Jason, he said, if you, if you desire to, to pastor a church of, you know, 10,000, 1,500, 110, whatever it is you think that pastor is going to, how he's going to carry himself, how he's going to dress, how he's going to be, then that's how you start acting today. you got to start doing something, preparing yourself for where you feel like God is heading you. You feel called to be an engineer, then you got to take engineering classes. You got to do the things that it takes to become an engineer. You want to be a banker, then you take accounting classes. You do your thing. You you prepare yourself. You want to be a missionary, then you start preparing yourself. You feel called to a certain country, start taking a language. Start preparing yourself, getting ready for where God's sending you. Are you here, church? we got to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, in words of knowledge and words of wisdom and, and, in, and encouragement and hospitality and all these things. Then you got to start doing something and start allowing the presence of God to use you for His glory even more than we already are. Because I know many of us, we're doing, we're doing what we know, but I'm asking you, come on, let's grow. Let's grow. Let's grow. You're in this room and you want to operate in, in, in miracles and things like that and laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. Well, it's a promise from God. You've got to find sick people to pray for. I had a guy in Teen Challenge one time. He asked me, he said, Brother Jason, uh, how come we don't see blinded eyes open in America like, we do, like you do overseas? I said, how many blind people have you touched and prayed for? Well, none. I said, then that's what you're going to see. Well, how come God, I don't know why he ain't moving for you. He moves for me. People get healed in America all the time. We got stories in this room. Come on, let's press further. We got, we got testimonies in this room. Come on, let's go get more testimonies. Let's get more stories of the glory of God being revealed on this earth through you. I got my stories. He's got his stories. But you know what? They're my stories. They're not yours. I had a friend who's passed away. He said, it's hard being the guy with all the cool stories. Because people don't understand the sacrifice of what it takes to get those stories. 
See, all you want to hear is about the thousands that got saved and the thousands of pastors that are out there and, and the baptisms and the healings and, and the deliverances and the demonic and the, and the witch doctors and all the things and all these. You don't want to hear about coming back from Kenya and him almost dying a few weeks ago. He turned as yellow as a big bird. His liver, something had happened to his liver. His eyes turned color. He's sitting on my couch. At my house, he's supposed to be back in Arkansas working. He's sitting on my couch. He'd get up, and he'd go to bed, and he'd come back to the couch and just lay there. It was all we could do to get a Sprite in him every day. I think it was about five days he sat there on the couch, and I walked in that morning, and I said, all right, enough is enough. I said, you tied into a pretty strong witch doctor over there, and he is kicking your hiney. And it's good for you. You know why? Because you learn how to fight. The Bible says that God left nations in the land of promise so that they that did not were not in war would learn how to fight. He got on the back of a motorbike and went into 21 places I didn't go with one of our pastors. Somewhere they tied into some major witchcraft, pretty strong witch doctor. Because my main pastor ended up in the hospital almost dead, and he was almost dead, almost with the same stuff. I walked in, I said, all right, I'm getting involved. Because I have killed my lion, and I have killed my bear. Are y'all hearing me? I know what spiritual warfare is. Now, you in this room, and you want to operate in that stuff, you better be still for a minute. Don't you walk out of here and start calling on principalities and powers and dominions. They're going to kick you. I know from experience. We have men of God whose marriages have fallen apart because they called on things they weren't ready to fight. He and I, anyway, let me finish this story. We as a family came together that afternoon and we, we messengered in, videoed in the other two that were not there and we repented before God for anything that we had done that might would cause a, a conflict between us and the presence of God. Then we called out to Jesus over each one of us and immediately he began to turn and now he's completely healed. We don't know what happened. I know what the doctors were saying, man, they were running all kinds of tests and trying to figure out what was going on. Spiritual warfare don't show up on tests. Okay? A couple weeks later, we're headed into Ghana. We're in Ghana, and that's probably the hardest country I've been in in quite some time. In a two-hour period of a, of a drive, we were stopped 18 times by the police wanting bribes. It's a tough place. We're in the middle of warfare like I have not been in the middle of. And I know what witchcraft, I, I know demonic. I, I, have, I have fought these things for years, okay? We're in a region, and I asked the main pastor I was working with, I said, Brother Padre, I said, when is the last time you saw a, an American or a European in your region preaching the gospel? You ready for this? 
the last time you saw a foreigner from America or, or Europe in your region preaching? He said, 1997. Shame on us. Shame on us. Because here's what I know. I wasn't the first one God called to go. I wasn't the second. I was the first one that said yes. May the blood of the martyrs cry out. And may God call your children to the nations. May God call our grandchildren to the nations. May apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers raise up and come out of your children and your grandchildren. May world changers come out of your grandchildren and your children. May life-altering people come out of your loins. May that which your, your posterity and your heritage that's coming out of you, that future, may it be set aside as holy unto the Lord. But it's going to start with us. We're going to show them how to cast out devils. We're going to show them how to walk in miracles and manifestations. You want to walk in miracles? Go find somebody that's sick and lay your hands on them. And when they die, you come back to the Bible and you read those scriptures again and you encourage yourself in faith and you go find somebody else and you lay hands on them and they're going to die. So you come back to the Bible and you come back and you encourage yourself until the day comes. You lay your hands on that sick person and they immediately jump up completely healed. Because nobody said it would be easy. You got to learn how to operate. You want to be a person of faith that walks in ministry and does? Then you got to start believing for little things and believing and calling it in and let it manifest with you and grow in your faith and grow in your understanding and grow in your knowledge and grow in the zeal of the Lord and the compassion of heaven and the love of God and let it grow in you and become the man and woman of God that you're called to be. Because God is with you. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He didn't give us timidity. He gave us power, love, and a sound mind, but you better be careful because the enemy is laying a trap for you, and he will send people to you that you think are men and women of God. And again, stop following their signs and wonders. Stop following their charismatic attitudes. Follow the Spirit of God, and you be led by the Spirit of God, and you get you some faith, and you get in the will of God, and you go watch what God will do. Because I can't tell you the number of mamas that have brought their babies to me that's eat up with malaria and typhoid. You ever seen a baby eat up with malaria or typhoid or HIV? Let me tell you about HIV. Right before you die, you break out. It gets violent in a disease form. And they bring that baby to you. Sweating violently, gasping for air, eat up with fever. And mama's only question is, can your God do what you said he can do? Because if he can't, I'm burying my baby this evening. 
Give me your baby. Let me have your baby, mama. En el nombre de Jesucristo. Jesús ni buena. Jesús ni infalme. Shetani. Bado ni muongo. By the power of the Holy Ghost. That which is given to us by Jesus. Every spirit of sickness, every disease, every spirit of infirmity has to bow to the name of Jesus. Father, in this place right now, we submit ourselves afresh and anew to the Lordship of heaven. We, in this place, we commit ourselves unto you, Jesus. And we're asking you, God, in this house right now, Father, we receive the refreshing of the wind of heaven. We receive the encouragement of heaven over every gift, over every, every dream, every, every, every word that was spoken over us by men and women of God. We stir to remembrance, and we stir to flame inside of us. If you're in this room, And you say, Brother Jason, I have, I have been doing my level best. I have been operating. I have been doing. But I know there's more. And I just don't know how to get there. I, I know there's more. And, and I'm trying. And I'm doing. And, and I want God to take me further. I want God. I want the presence. I, I want everything. You're, I want my own stories. Even more than what I've had. I don't want to be duped by religion. I don't want to be led astray by, by some charismatic man or woman that, that has been duped by themselves. Because, God, I am committed completely to you and my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're here and you just need encouragement, I want you to come up here and stand by me. Come line up across the front right here. And we're going to believe God. But when you come here, you're saying, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to do, God. I'm willing to give it all for you, Jesus. I, I want, I'm all in. Wherever you call me, whatever you tell me, whether it's to, to the person across the road, whether it's around the world, it doesn't matter where it is, God. I'm all in, and I'm here for the purposes of the kingdom of God. God, and I'm, I want to be used for your glory. I want the name of my Father to be glorified upon this earth. Let my life be given as an offering to the Lordship of heaven. Father, we submit ourselves up in this place tonight. Use us for your glory. By life or by death, God, we are committed. We are your people called by your name and we give our future. We give our, our dreams and our desires. We give it to you tonight and we say, Lord Jesus, use us for your glory. God, I'm committed to whatever life you give me to use it for your glory. Whatever doors you open, God, I want to be a man and woman of faith, a purpose, a diligence in the kingdom of God. If we say to the past and those past decisions, Ebenezer, you are behind us. And God, we ask you in this place tonight, right here all across this front, where we have done and stepped in ways we shouldn't have that were contrary to your name and to your glory, God, forgive us. Forgive us, God. 
for pride and arrogance. Forgive us for thinking we had rights. Our right is to declare that Jesus is Lord. That is our right. We are the people of God. We are called by your name and we are anointed by the Most High to go about and do good because that's what Jesus did. Father, we will not let our our physical hindrances hold us back. We will not let our American mindsets hold us back. Father, where you speak nations, we hear you. Where you speak men across the road, we hear you. Where you call us into marketplaces, we hear you tonight. Doctors and lawyers and policemen and people of army, God, we say yes to what you called us to do. To the nations, God, we say yes to reaching our neighbor, to reaching Lafayette, to reaching Karen Crowe, God, we say yes. Father, we release those ministers who duped us. We release those who lied about us. We release those who stole from us. We release those who who passed judgment upon us and told us we would never become anything. We release those tonight, God. We release that that preacher that wouldn't that would not that, that never uh, recognize the giftings on our life for whatever reason. Father, we release the Sauls, we release the Absaloms, we release those that try to kill us in the things of the spirit realm. God, we just release them tonight. And those of us who are in the cave of Adullam, God, we come out. We come out of the cave of Adullam. You have anointed us for purpose. There's something inside of us that burns by the Spirit of God. And we commit ourselves to this tonight. And we say yes to the burnings of God. Here am I, God. Use me for your glory. From the young to the elderly, we submit ourselves to the Lordship of heaven, to the purposes of God over our futures, over our spouses, God, over our marriages that, that will come, marriages that are now, over children we have now and those of us that will have children in the future. God, we, God in this place right now, we commit ourselves unto you. Father, in this place right now, we desire to be the men of God that you called us to be. We desire to be the women of God, women of purpose, the Deborahs, the Sarahs, the Marys, the Marthas that sit at the feet of Jesus. God, here we are. Use us for your glory. That the name of our Father would be glorified upon this earth. That the realms of glory be made known through our lives. Jesus, be magnified. Jesus, be glorified. That in this place, God, we speak over every ministry that is represented. That which will be birthed, it shall not be aborted. Over businesses that will be birthed, they will not be aborted before their time. 
to the giftings and the callings of God, they will not be aborted before it's time, before it reaches maturity. The enemy shall not steal what God has given. We, the people of God, are called by your name. We, the people of God, are anointed by God. We are gifted by the Holy Ghost. It is he who has anointed us. And we submit ourselves to the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Signs, wonders be released. Miracles be released. Ministries be released. Callings and giftings be released in this place. That today is a, is a day of a line of demarcation in our lives. That we, your people, God, we are your people and we are anointed by God for such a time as this. Holy Ghost, Jesus' name.
Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ, I lay me down on the altar. I lay me down on the altar. Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Oh Jesus Christ Oh Jesus Christ Oh Jesus Christ
Brother Jason handed me the mic, and but he made a statement, and in the he, and I don't even remember the first part of it. I just remember you said a line of demarcation, and in that very instant, 
in the spirit, I saw it as clear as I'm looking at you, Sam. When I was a kid, I don't know, they don't probably do stuff like this, but when I was a kid, we'd draw a line in the sand and dare someone to step across it. And when he said a line of demarcation, I saw like right there in front of the front row of chairs, I saw that line begin to draw all the way across. Of course, my mind goes to thinking the one that used to draw the line like that was the bully. I said, God, you're not a bully. He said, no. He said, my spirit's drawing them, and they're making the choice to step across that line. And that's a statement. So I just stood off to the side because I, I learned years ago from an incredible man of God. He said, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. God will show you things. So I just stood right there against that wall, and I watched as ministry began to take place. And about halfway through, I saw another line being drawn like right here. And I said, Lord, what are you saying? He said, what did the man say tonight? He said, you've got to press in. He said, it's one thing to step across that line. Everybody wants to step across that line. He said, but I'm looking for the ones who will go the next step. and Go say, that's not enough. I'm going in deeper. Whether anybody comes with me, whether anybody calls me, I'm going to go across that line. I believe that's the Lord. I believe that's the Lord. He's saying. <laughs> See, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-off thing. It's easy to do it at the meeting. And, and hey, when the evangelist leaves, and well, we go back to the way it was. No, 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 no. You stepped across the line. You made a statement. Now, now it's on record. Holy Ghost keeps good records. When you start to step back, he's going, oh, whoa, oh, oh, wait. I thought, I thought you stepped across that line saying I'm mean in business. I'm, I'm stepping out. I'm, I'm pushing in. I'm, 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 not, I'm not staying settled. I'm not, I'm not. He said, are you going to just stay there? Or are you coming up here? You're coming up to the next. You're stepping across. You're going deeper. Because, see, God didn't call you just to step across that line and say, okay, I'm satisfied now. He said, that's the first step. He said, there'll be those that will step there, and then there'll be those who will step here. And guess what? There'll be another line there because he's calling us deeper. I said, he's calling us deeper. He's calling us to be with him. What did he say? He said, the closer you get to Jesus, all that other stuff is gone. All that other stuff is behind. It's getting into where he's at. I don't know about you. I, I was never one who would always want to sit and watch from the back. I always wanted to be up on the front and see what was going on. And I'm just telling you, I feel, feel the Holy Spirit to tell you tonight. 
It doesn't stop with this. It starts with this. And it's your choice to step in deeper. And it's a daily thing. He talked about working. He talked about doing and being. He says, it's time to step across. It's time to step across. It's time to step across. It's time to go deeper. Time's too short to be playing church games. To go from conference to conference, meeting to meeting, and get that, oh, I got it. I got enough for the next six months or seven months or eight months. No, this is a pushing in. This is a pressing in. It's a moving in. And it's a, it's a conscious choice. It's a conscious decision. And it's a daily one. I'm moving in. I'm going in deeper. I'm stepping across. Jesus, I'm coming. I feel challenged by the Spirit of God myself. There's not one person in here who's arrived. We're pressing in. I said, we're pressing in, church. I don't care what the church down the street's doing, the church across town's doing, or whatever. I don't care. I just, I'm just wondering if there's just people who are ready to say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm not, I'm not holding back. I'm not standing back. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not content. I'm not going to be content. I'm not going to be complacent. I'm not going to be one of those. I'm going to be one that's going to press in even deeper. I'm going to go. I'm going to put it all on the altar. I'm going to say, God, here I am. Take me as I am. Use me as I am. God, use me however, whatever, wherever. doesn't matter. It's you that I live for. It's you that I, 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 I'll die for, God, if that's what it means. I'm going after you. I am not content to sit back and go through the routine and go through the motions. God, I'm pressing in. I'm going after you. I don't know what will happen. I don't know how my life will change. But I know this, that God, I am not going to sit on the outskirts, on the outside, watching others move in. God, I'm going after you. I'm going to have my story. I'm going to have my testimony. I'm going to have what you have destined me for, what you designed me for, what you created me for. I'm going to walk in that, that when I stand before you, I will not be ashamed but I will hear those words. Well done. Well done. Jesus, we praise you tonight. Oh, she got
Now tomorrow morning, when you come, won't you see the line up here? I want to see that Sunday stuff. Everybody on the back watching, kind of. You know, when I was a teenager and came to the Lord, we used to have a saying that I want to sit under the spout or the glory runs out. That's old time stuff, huh? We, I, I literally did this. Me and my friends, one time we went to a church. They're having a revival. Had an old, old time preacher revival. He preached on hell. First time I ever heard anybody preach on hell. I won't get saved again. I was so, he, 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 I mean, he lit me up. I was like, but we walked into this church and uh, it was full. It was like, the uh, church to be at at the time in that city and uh, the front rows were reserved for the prominent people me and my friends we walked in and all them front row seats were full we sat down in front of them people and ushers didn't know what to do with us they said what do we do? Well, they just left us alone. Because we were like, we ain't sitting in the back, man. We sitting up front. We get, we're getting in it. We're getting in it, you know. I'm just encouraging you tomorrow morning when you come, you come with that mindset. I'm up front. I'm leading the way. I'm coming in. You, you know, we make Sunday so hard churches all across America is because people got the backseat mentality. They're just sitting on sit back there and see see what transpires and maybe they'll listen and maybe they'll respond or whatever. What would happen if an army would walk in like tonight that's crossed the line and they walking in and they're ready. They say, man, I'm ready. Come on. Come on, God. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to meet with you. I'm telling you, it's going to go to a whole new level. Amen. 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 Father, we bless you and thank you for this glorious night. We thank you for the ministry of the word. We thank you for the worship team being led of the spirit of God. We thank you for each and every person who responded to the working and the drawing of your spirit, O oh God. Father, 
it's not done. I pray that each and every one, when they go back home, that God, you give them rest, rest for their mind, spirit, and body. They, that when they lay their head on their pillow, they would say it has been good to have been in the house of the Lord. And when they wake up tomorrow, God, if you should bless us with another day, that the moment our eyes wake up, that God, we're not whining and groaning and moaning. We're saying glory. It's another day to give God praise. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow morning, 1030, and then again tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.